Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, guys? Sorry for the delay on the draft review show, but uh, here we are, and uh, we're getting it done uh, finally. Uh, I will get into uh, what caused the delay here in uh, just uh, just a minute, but um, you know, I, I know we still have a little bit left in the quote unquote off season, even though this is we're definitely on the 2023 clock now as far as the season. Uh, is concerned that began obviously you know in March with free agency and uh, and everything, but um, you know the off season is is dwindling down. We're in that that vast wasteland of nothingness between the draft and training camp at the end of July. It's like we have the schedule release, which comes later this week. It was finally officially announced that it's coming out on Thursday, but. Um, otherwise after that, there is literally nothing, you know, we have OTAs and the, but those aren't calendar events. You know what I'm saying? It's not something that we're all looking forward to. We don't get to participate in OTAs like we do with the draft and, you know, free agency and, and things like that, you know, maybe, you know, in between now and then the bears will make a headline and, and, you know, sign some leftover free agents or, or something like that. Uh, but otherwise, there's nothing between now and, you know, training camp at Hallis Hall at the end of, of July as we prepare for this long-awaited season. I mean, we've been waiting for this season to start since start of 2022, <laughs> knowing that the Bears, whether they were 3-14 and 14, like the experts said, or they were going to be 8-9, and 7-10, and 9-8, and eight, whatever the hell, you know, we all knew that this was the year that we wanted to get to like we wanted to stomach whatever we were going to have to to get to this point and we're getting closer and closer uh to that now and things are looking good do i think we're going to win the division go to the playoffs this year i don't know is it possible sure especially with everything else that's going on in the division right now so but um anyway Let's go ahead and and dive into this uh, draft. It was one of the more highly anticipated drafts we've had in a long time, mostly because after Carolina picked their quarterback, and even though it had been like when they first made the trade, everybody thought it was going to be C.J. Stroud. Then lately it's been, you know, trending to Bryce Young. But everybody knew once they picked that quarterback, that's where the draft begins because all the rumors about what Houston was going to do and, and, and everything that was going to follow after that all hinged on which quarterback got picked at number one overall. So we got, and and not to mention Ryan Poles with his first first round pick and a full slate of 10 picks going into the draft as opposed to last year where he had five and somehow, you know, Harry Pottered his way to having 11 picks by the time it was all done. Uh, Eight of them on day three, but what are you going to do? We'll, uh, but we'll get into all of that and uh, break down the class and uh, even have the names of the 
uh, undrafted free agents, and uh, we just had the rookie rookie mini camp. Uh, we ended up signing some of the tryout players uh, as well. We'll get into all of that. This is the 2023 NFL Draft Review episode of the Bears Talk Underground. So let's get to it. Hang up the telephone. I hear the dial tone. Ringing out loud So like I said, last Thursday was a, uh, not last Thursday, the Thursday before now, um, one of the more highly anticipated drafts we've had in a while because we just didn't know uh, what to expect. Uh, we we expected Carolina to take a quarterback at number one. That's why they gave up all those picks and DJ Moore uh, to trade up from nine to one with our beloved Chicago Bears, who originally owned that pick. Uh, but you know, after that, it was going to be a free for all. Would Houston take uh, a quarterback, or would they take Will Anderson? Maybe draft somebody at twelve with their second first round pick and, and and all the rest of that. So we'll. Uh, well, we'll, you know, we're waiting for all those questions uh, to be answered. And, um, you know, we, we just didn't know. Would Houston take uh, would Houston take a quarterback? It's like the rumor mill was churning. And as we got closer to the draft, the, the answer to that question appeared to be no. It was like, no, they're going to go with Will Anderson and then, you know, figure it out from there. They ended up surprising the hell out of everybody with what they actually did. So, um, but before we get into that, real quick. Just wanted to give you guys an update. Um, the thing about life getting in the way that caused the delay in the show. Nothing monumental. Uh, no medical scares or anything like that. So you guys don't have to worry about me. I'm fine. Um, last Monday night, as I was uh, preparing the notes and everything uh, for the show, going over the going over the picks because I was I was by myself watching the draft this year. So I was just, I literally wrote down every pick that was made. I have my little spiral notebook and I literally wrote it down, give myself something to do uh, during the, uh, during the draft. So I was kind of sifting through the picks and, you know, who was still available when the bears picked, who did we miss out on? Did we miss out on anybody? And uh, so on and so forth, you know, cause I know everybody was up in a twist about the bears, not taking a pass rusher uh, in the draft uh, and everything. And, and, you know, it's like analysis would, would tell you later on that the board just did not fall the Bears' way uh, after between us picking Darnell Wright at number 10 and us picking for the second time at 53. So that's a lot of picks between our first and our second pick. The knee-jerk reaction to that is that obviously you re- you regret the Chase Claypool trade because we would have had a pick at 32 at the top of the second round had we not made that uh, trade now that may be a premature feeling but as far as like right here right now that would have cut the difference like sliced it right down the middle the distance between pick 10 and pick 53 if we had 32 we'd have been able to pick somebody a pass rusher or somebody like that off the board instead of having to wait 43 picks to uh to do what we were going to do next uh kind of thing but um anyway preparing my notes and i noticed that um my my you, the YouTube video I was watching at the at the time was buffering a lot, and it turns out my internet went out completely. Like I lost my internet. It was actually an outage uh, in the area. This was at about I don't know six thirty on on Monday night, and I'm a cord cutter, so I don't have you know satellite or cable or anything like that. I I have a streaming service, so if my internet goes out. My night is over. You know, it's like I got nothing. You know, it's like I can use the data on my phone to watch TV on my phone, but outside of that, 
I got nothing. So I decided, I was like, you know what? I've uh, been kind of meaning to go see that Mario movie, and I guess this is the perfect opportunity. So let me see if there's one playing sometime now. It's playing at 8.30. Okay, great. So I'll go to the 8.30 I go to the 8.30 show, 8 o'clock rolls around, I'm getting up to go uh, get my shoes on so I can leave the house, and as I'm walking from my living room to my bath, to my bedroom, right in between that's the kitchen, and as I turn the corner to walk into the kitchen, I see this little puddle of water by my fridge. Now, this has happened before, there's a, a reservoir in the back of the fridge, if it ever overflows, there's a little puddle of water, but it's never been anything to worry about. But as I'm getting closer to the puddle, I'm noticing that it's getting bigger. And then another couple of seconds later, I'm noticing water coming from the other side of the kitchen. Cause I have like a little kitchenette. It's like they put a kitchen in the hallway between my living room and my bedroom. So I'm seeing water coming from both sides. And then I just kind of stand there for a second and I'm hearing the sound, what, what sounds like water rushing down the walls in my kitchen. So now I'm frantically looking around trying to see where the water is coming from. Nothing is coming from the, from the ceilings. I'm, I'm not seeing anything, you know, any moisture dripping from the walls or anything like that. It's making its way all the way down the wall and then coming up from beneath the baseboards of, the, uh, of my kitchen. And... You know, it's spreading and spreading. I'm throwing towels down, trying to keep up with it. Uh, and it's, you know, long story short, turns out that the lady upstairs that lives directly above me somehow managed to snap the hot water knob off of her sink, causing basically the water to just come rushing out. And apparently she's not a plumber. She didn't think to just reach under the sink and turn the water off. And... um you know, I called the emergency maintenance line for my property manager. I called six times. No one ever answered. So I ended up calling 911 to get the fire department down here for them to shut the water off to at least try to salvage it. Because, you know, after a while, I'm here. It literally sounds like it's raining in my bathtub in my bathroom. And I called the fire department or it's like I called 911 to find out what the hell we can do here because after too much longer, her bathtub's going to join mine downstairs with me. Like, I'm going to have two bathtubs in my bathroom after too much more of this. So, anyway, well, we finally, the, the, the fire department shows up. They get the water uh, turned off. Finally, after the, night, after the fire department finally showed up, maintenance finally called me back. And I let them know what was going on. They sent a guy uh, down here and got, uh, got you know, their part to do. Uh, and everything. And um, basically what it did was um, incapacitate the area from each, like the, like my bedroom, I have a small bedroom. So you walk through the door, there's about four feet of room and then you're, you're on my bed and the entire patch from my, from that, from the door into the bathroom to my bed was soaking wet with the water. Like it was seeping into the carpets and, uh, and all that kind of stuff. Same thing for the living room and about mm, five feet from the end of the kitchen is the desk that I am reporting this podcast on right now. So I am in panic mode trying to get the wires off the ground, making sure that nothing gets wet so I don't, you know, 
blow anything, you know, or I just, you know, cause water damage in any of my stuff. So, um, yeah. So while waiting for the, for the carpets to dry, uh, you know, they brought like an industrial shop vac down here to, to get most of the water up and, uh, and all that kind of stuff. And it just, it ate up the entire week getting this, uh, taken care of. So, um, and to tell you the truth, even after, you know, the, the carpets were dry around Wednesday, uh, or so last thing on my mind was doing this was, was more about, you know, getting maintenance back down here to assess the damage in my, uh, in my bathroom. Cause there's, you, there's visible water damage in the ceiling and, uh, and all that kind of stuff. So it was going back and forth with them and, and asking them also the fans that were drying the, the floor that they left behind after the shop vac were here until Friday. So yeah, it was kind of just wrapped up. And then over the weekend, it just completely slipped my mind. And then it was Sunday night, like, wait, I haven't done my draft show yet. So I got to work on it. Here I am. And uh, now after that long, drawn-out explanation, uh, you know, I'm fine. Uh, the apartment is still in one piece. Uh, I currently only have one bathtub in my bathroom. Hopefully it stays that way. And uh, hopefully they'll be back shortly to uh, do whatever they need to do to my ceiling to make sure that that, hap- that stays that way uh, as opposed to, uh, you know, the alternative. So anyway. Like I said, with this draft, highly anticipated, not just for Bear fans, with this, with us having a top 10 pick, with us having a full slate uh, of picks. Not like last year where we had, we had two second rounders and a third, and then we weren't picking for almost 100 picks after that when we finally took Braxton Jones with our first pick in the, in the middle of the fifth round uh, and everything. This was, uh, you know, we had, we had two second round picks, uh, thanks to the trades for Roquan and uh, with Carolina, we had 53 and 61. We had the top pick in the third round at 64. You know, there was a lot going on. We could get four players in the top 64 uh, picks, which is definitely a talent and youth infusion that this football team uh, needs. But as I was saying before, nobody really know how, how this draft was going to go. As far as, you know, who was going where, who was taking what, and it all hinged at number two because everybody knew Carolina was taking a quarterback at number one. And, uh, you know, like I said, in the beginning it was C.J. Stroud, and then it started trending towards Bryce Young. All we knew is they were going to take a quarterback, and after they did, after they did then Houston had their pick, and that's where the draft began. Because once Houston does what they're going to do, Arizona, who wanted to trade back, would know what their what their you know what their role was going to be. And then obviously, you know, the draft begins. Carolina took their quarterback. It was Bryce Young. And then Houston, after the last two or three weeks, the rumblings were saying Houston's trending towards taking Will Anderson at number two and maybe getting their quarterback later on, or not thinking they needed a quarterback at all. Shocked everyone by taking C.J. Stroud at number two, uh, the, the quarterback from Ohio State, um, Justin Fields' predecessor, or successor, I should say. And um, then things got really interesting. Not only did Houston surprise everyone by taking the quarterback everyone thought they were going to skip, then they traded from 12 up to 3. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Whoa, sweet man cave. Thanks. Serious upgrade. How'd you pay for all this? I got a home equity line of credit from Figure. I was approved in five minutes and had funding in five days. Wow, that fast and easy? Yep, the application is 100% online, plus no out-of-pocket costs, just fast access to the cash you need. How do I get started? Go to figure.com and get that serious upgrade. Figure Lending LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past. And the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Three with the Cardinals to take Will Anderson. So Houston picked number two and number three overall. And the beauty of what Houston did is like they gave up a lot of picks to move from 12 uh, to three, including a first rounder next year. But the beauty of that was they had two to begin with because of the Deshaun Watson trade. They have Cleveland's first round pick this year and next year. And um, so they uh, <laughs> they had a first round pick to spare, which means they still have their first round pick to use uh, next year. So they might be down. They, they had two, but they still have one, kind of like the Bears. They have two next year. But, um, you know, it was, it was uh, you know, quite a shock. And then things really kind of took off, uh, you know, from there with Arizona taking Will Anderson, or excuse me, um, Carolina take Houston. Jesus Christ, it's late. Um, it's, I should be in bed. But 
Will Anderson took, you know, goes to the defensive end from Alabama, goes to the Texans. The Colts took um, Anthony Richardson, the quarterback out of Florida at four. And the first spot for Jalen Carter was number five at Seattle. They go Devin Witherspoon, the corner out of uh, Illinois. Then number six, Arizona actually traded up from 12 to six with the Lions to take uh, Paris Johnson Jr. So that takes the first, you know, kind of like target for the Bears. Well, Will Anderson was probably the first one, but no way he was going to be there at nine. But, you know, Will Anderson's gone now. Paris Johnson, uh, you know, is uh, is gone. Las Vegas comes up at seven. They take Tyree Wilson, another target for the Bears, off the board uh, at, at number eight. I'm glad this pick happened because the Falcons took B. John Robinson, and there had been people on in like you know the like the, the Facebook Bear groups that I'm a part of, been seeing it all over uh, Twitter and everything. People pounding the table for. Ryan Poles to use that number nine pick to take B. John Robinson. And I have, you'll, you won't hear any argument out of me about how talented this kid is. And I'm sure that he'll do great in Atlanta. We'll get to see him up close this year. Atlanta's on the schedule because we play the NFC South this year. But <laughs> it was a luxury pick for a team that doesn't have room for luxury right now. You know, we have needs to fill. And Bijan Robinson running back was not a need, or at least not to the degree that we spend the number nine overall pick on a running back when we need like after it's like okay, we'll take Bijan Robinson. Who's gonna block for him though? We still have holes on the offensive line. We we still have, you know, we 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 got those that was way more important than getting another running back. So especially spending a top ten pick, it was just asinine that people just Bijan Robinson, you know, to go with DJ Moore and Justin Fields. It's like, yeah, it sounds great. If we had no issues at at offensive line, if we had our defensive line lock stocked and 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 put away, then sure. Bijan Robinson, I would have been saying it myself. But we had an incomplete offensive line. This is one of the deeper defensive this is one of the better offensive line classes we've seen in the draft in a long time uh and everything. We can't afford to skip an offensive lineman to take a running back. We just can't do it. And Atlanta did us a favor and took Bijan Robinson off the board at eight. When we were set to pick at nine. So the stage is set. Everyone was talking about what would the Bears do? What would Ryan Poles do if Jalen Carter was there at number nine? A lot of experts and a lot of Bear fans wanted us to pull the trigger and take him. I did not want him. I did not. It's like, obviously, we'll never hear everything that the scouts and the front office and everything heard uh, in the pre-draft process about uh, Jalen Carter. But uh, the things that I heard were not good. Uh, and then his, his private workout at the, the university of, of Georgia, the, you know, the pro day at the university of Georgia, he shows up to, you know, shows up overweight and he can't finish the workout. He's exhausted and he's cramping and everything. He's out of shape. And that's a bad look. That is a bad, bad look. And that to mention, you know, the the accident that he had, and that's tragic. What happened, um, especially when something similar to that, obviously not with the same with fatalities and everything, but something similar to that had happened less than a year before, 
with him like drag racing and you know and things like that and getting busted for that begging the judge not to take his license away that whole thing and then a year later you know not only are they drag racing but two people died uh with him messing around uh on the road uh and everything it's just just like this you know, i don't want anything to do with this kid i i really don't so then out of out of nowhere we see bears don't have the pick anymore it's the eagles so we drop down from nine to ten got a 2024 fourth round pick uh in return the eagles do us a favor and take jalen carter off the board and um you know some other things that have been coming out our good friend eric uh Lambert from the uh, from Sports Mockery uh, posted a really great article talking about a few other things that they were hearing, like during the the interview process, whether it was at the combine or you know private, uh, you know top thirty meetings or, or whatever, um, where he seemed kind of unapologetic uh, about it, and uh, you know didn't really show remorse for what had happened. You know maybe it's just the fact that he's grateful that he was you know able to see the other side of this and. Uh, and all that kind of stuff, but uh, it just it read bad to most teams, and and the Bears were among those teams. And you know, Ryan Poles was emphatic in his decision on um, Jalen Carter. He was there for us to have him, and he traded the pick away. And uh, the Eagles picked him up, and then at number ten, we took uh, Darnell Wright, the offensive tackle out of uh, Tennessee, who's going to be our plug and play right tackle. And just like that, we got an offensive line. We've got a, you know, a plug-and-play stud uh, at right tackle who absolutely erased Will Anderson in that you know, super important SEC game between Tennessee uh, and Alabama. Will Anderson, no sacks, no hurries. You, know, you just didn't hear from him. And Darnell Wright uh, is, uh, is what Will, Will Anderson said the best person he ever, the best dude he had played against in college was Darnell Wright because Darnell Wright shut him down completely in that football game in a game that Tennessee won. So, uh, big, big, uh, big pick for us. Uh, Nate Davis is our new right guard that we signed uh, in free agency. Uh, we moved Tevin Jenkins over to left guard, and Braxton Jones stays at left tackle. So we we killed two birds with one stone with that pick because it was a lot of talk about if Paris Johnson falls to us, will we put him at left tackle or stick him over at right because he played both in college. Or will we, you know, since he last played left tackle, will we put Paris Johnson at left tackle, move Braxton Jones over to the right side, uh, and all of this reshuffling uh, and everything? And it answered two questions at once. Darnell Wright comes in. He's going to be our right tackle because that's where he played uh, in college, especially this last year uh, as a senior. And uh, Braxton Jones stays at left tackle to continue to develop and grow at that position. Tevin Jenkins is our left guard. And center will come down to um, Lucas Patrick and Cody Whitehair. So there's going to be the uh, the battle uh, at center uh, right there. So we have an offensive line now. Problem, not problem solved, but problem. Uh, it's not much of a problem now. You know, now everybody else that we have, including Alex Leatherwood and uh, Larry Borum and, and and guys of those of that stature, give us quality depth. If somebody goes down one of those guys steps up, it's not as steep a fall from what we have to what we have behind it uh, kind of thing. So, uh, and the guy that uh, a lot of people were mocking to the Bears um, went after Darnell Wright at number 11. It's Peter Skaronsky, uh from Northwestern, a local kid, uh, ends up going to the Titans. 
uh, at number 11. Uh, the Lions with like one of the one of the other big shocks of the first round take uh, take uh, Jair uh, Gibbs, the running back from Alabama at number 12. Now, he is a top talent. He is an amazing running back, had an outstanding career uh, at Alabama. But I don't think anybody was mocking him at number, tw- you know, to go in the top 12. Um, and the Lions, who signed David Montgomery at the time, they had DeAndre Swift. And um, the, they had a young running back who, who ran really well uh, last year. It seemed like they just didn't need, this wasn't a need for them. And like I said about the Bears taking Bijan Robinson, that's a luxury pick for a team that doesn't have room for luxury right now. Detroit is in a much better spot than the Bears are in as far as like they're, you know, building towards what they want. Like what the Bears, what the Lions did last year is what I think the Bears want to do this year at the very least. Eight and nine, nine and eight, either being right there until the very last day of the season or actually getting in uh, to the playoffs. The Lions are looking to make a move, but they're not in luxury pick mode at this point. They they had some holes to fill uh, as well. Um, they needed help at corner. Christian Gonzalez was still there. They passed on him to take this running back. So interesting uh, decision on, on uh, their part. And then they later traded DeAndre Swift uh, to the Eagles. Um, so that, you know, solved that problem and, and uh, you know, you know, shifted that room. Uh, Green Bay took uh, Lucas Van Ness, another guy that could have been mo- that was mocked to the Bears uh, in you know in several drafts. The defensive end out of Iowa, a local guy, as far as I'm concerned, because I uh, when I was laid up and with my medical issues, I was at the University of Iowa Hospital, uh, not too far from him. Uh, the Steelers took Broderick Jones from Georgia, and. You know, like I said, Christian Gonzalez went to New England at 17. Then Detroit comes back at 18 and takes Jack Campbell, the linebacker out of uh, Iowa. It's like they they made redundant moves. You know, they signed David Montgomery, drafted Jair Gibbs. They they re-signed Alex Anzalone, drafted Jack Campbell. It's like, again, what what's this, you know, it's like I knew Christian Gonzalez was off the board when they picked at 18, but there were other quality corners still on the board that they passed on. And, you know, it's like, is, is this really where you want to go uh, with this? Uh, you know, it's just, it was, it was an interesting choice for a team that had one of the weaker secondaries in the league was actually one of their Achilles heels last year uh, to pass on, on, on any corner uh, at 18. I mean, look at the rest of the uh, first round, uh, you know, Deontay Banks went later on in the first round and, you know, things like that. There were other corners. Joey Porter was Joey Porter Jr. was still on the board uh, as well. Passed on them both to take uh, Campbell uh, at linebacker. Interesting uh, move uh, for them. Um, just looking down the board, Jackson Smith and Jigba. That was one that hurt a little bit. You know, the Bears passed on him, but we needed that tackle more than we needed another wide receiver, especially after we got our hands on uh, DJ Moore. Uh, let's see. The, the Vikings took Jordan Addison, uh, the wide receiver out of USC, uh, in the first round. Um, and that's about it as far as excitement uh, or you know interesting things to happen in the first round. Now, as I was saying before, in the second round, the Bears ended up, you know, taking at number 53, 
Um, Javon Dexter Jr., a defensive tackle out of uh, Florida. He's like kind of a versatile kid who can play one or three, either one of the uh, interior uh, spots. And then we were picking at 61, but the Bears traded up to 56 to take uh, Tyreek uh, Stevenson, the corner out of uh, Alabama, or Alabama, Miami, excuse me. I just saw one of the players from Alabama. was I saw his school this time. But anyway, you know, corner was definitely uh, an area that we wanted to improve uh, upon, but with Kyler Gordon, Jalen Johnson, uh, you know, uh, Jalen Jones, and, and, you know, guys like that, it was like it wasn't an immediate need, not when, you know, um, when one play later or one pick later, John Michael Schmitz, the, the center out of Minnesota, was taken by the, the Giants, the I was hoping when the Bears traded up to fifty six, that's who we were jumping up to. That's who we were jumping up to get. Um, you know, because then we're then we're really set. You know, the best interior uh, offensive lineman as far as you know, uh, g- you know, guard center uh, was concerned. We we plug him in at center, and then we can save ten million on the salary cap by letting Cody Whitehair uh, go, and 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 Lucas Patrick can be the backup because he's a much cheaper alternative uh, out of the two both were hurt at times uh last year so it's you know six and one and half a dozen the other as far as that goes but we take the young corner and maybe he's the one on the outside with with Jalen Johnson and Kyler Gordon uh is you know is our nickel guy because in the in the NFL this past happy league that we're in you need three corners you have to have three uh because you're going to see three you know three and four and five wide receiver sets on a on a, on, you know. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. On a great occasion. You're going to see it a lot. So wasn't exactly thrilled with the, Seeing the cornerback, uh, you know, ahead of John Michael Schmitz, that was the one where I was like, "Yeah, I think we missed uh, on that one." And then, but if if you look at it though, between ten, uh, where we took Darnell Wright, and before the Bears picked again at fifty three, I don't know what the exact number was, but like defensive ends, um, Lucas Van Ness, um, Will McDonald. Um, Miles Murphy, Nolan Smith uh, from Georgia, uh, Felix Anodike Uzamwa uh, that went to Kansas City. Um, here we go. Uh, Derek Hall from from Auburn, Isaiah Foskey from uh, Notre Dame. Uh, you know, Keon White from Georgia Tech. These guys all went off the board before the Bears picked again, including. Yeah, that was it. That was the last one. But it's like all of those guys went off the board between 10 and 53 before the Bears had a chance to pick again. And then after that, the value just never worked out for the Bears. Like we would have been reaching to fill a need. So, And that was the thing that was kind of brilliant about what Ryan Poles did as a whole in this offseason. He, he wouldn't overpay for anyone. I mean, he prayed, played, paid a pretty penny for Terrell Edmonds uh, to get him to join 
us almost you know 18 million a season but not the 20 million that uh Roquan Smith wanted and that he got from uh Baltimore we didn't pay 20 something million uh to to get Javon Hargrave that he got from the 49ers um, we didn't pay 18 million a season to get Mike McGlinchey, um, you know, when he got 17 and a half or something like that, something close to that, to join the Broncos uh, as well. But he got younger and obviously more cap friendly uh, guys. He got him in the draft. He got positions in the draft that he refused to overpay for in free agency. Okay, instead of paying Javon Hargrave $21 million a season that he's going to get from the 49ers, as a second-round pick, Javon uh, Dexter, and um, our third-round pick, Zach Pickens, out of South Carolina, maybe $1 to $2 million a season uh, at the most for the next four years. And, you know, instead of paying $17, $18 million for Mike McGlinchey, we're going to pay four for, you know, four, about $4 million a year for Darnell Wright to be our starting right tackle for the next four to five years. So, yeah. it's And it's also like what, what Ryan Poles wants to do, what he's been saying from the beginning, and what Ryan Pace failed to do, which was to build this team through the draft, to have a roster that, like, I mean, I, I quoted Ryan Pace saying this a thousand times, that he wanted to be, like the Packers. And his quote was, the Packers have 47 guys on the roster right now. 46 of them have only ever been Green Bay Packers. That is what Ryan Poles is trying to do. He wants to be, you know, three to five years from now to be able to say something like, you know, of our 53-man roster, 50 of them have only ever been Bears. And that's the kind of thing that he's trying to do. Ryan Poles wanted to do it but his failures in the draft caused him to overcompensate in free agency. It got us into cap trouble. His aggressiveness in the draft, trading up and selling off assets that we would need in the future. You know, like he was missing with the draft and he was also not giving himself as many chances as Ryan Poles did. Ryan Poles in two drafts has selected 21 players. 11 last year, 10 this past uh, draft uh, as well. I, you know, I think if you, you, you add up like the last three or four drafts for uh, Ryan Pace, I don't know if you'd crack 20, 20 players taken in those last three drafts or, or, or whatever. He wasn't good at you know, acquiring uh, the picks uh, and everything or you know, banking picks like, like Ryan Poles. We got two first-rounders and two second-rounders in the 2024 draft right now. We have two picks in the fourth round as well because we got an extra one from the uh, from the Eagles. So right now, we have the seven that the NFL gives you, and three. We already have ten picks in next year's draft. Outstanding. So, you know, you got to respect what Ryan Poles is doing. He's sticking to his philosophy. And and here's the thing, guys. This is what I've been waiting to say to you guys all week all week long in in preparing for this show. Um, Ryan Poles has done an outstanding job improving the bear. We are years ahead of where we were last year at this time when we had no cap space and, you know, we had no draft picks that he turned in. He turned five picks into 11, but 
eight of them were fifth, sixth, and seventh round picks. So, you know, and we got some, we got some, uh, you know, return on that, on that investment, but you don't expect that from those guys, especially not an immediate return like the ones we got last year out of guys like Braxton Jones, Dominic Robinson, and so on. But, you know, he's, he's sticking to it. He's, you know, he's acquiring picks. Uh, like I said, we've already got 10, including two first rounders and two second rounders next year uh, in, in, in 2024. And, you know, he's putting us, putting us in a position to do what he just did in Kansas City. Okay. In his time in Kansas City, he, when he came to us, the, the Kansas City Chiefs had just won the last six AFC West division titles. They had hosted four straight AFC championship games. They had been to the Super Bowl twice, and they'd won one title. That's what he's trying to do. He doesn't want to. He doesn't just want to win in 2023. We have a very improved football team, but we're not world championship caliber just yet. We're almost there. Okay. He doesn't just want to win in 2023. This guy wants to still be winning in 2033. Okay, he wants to bring a championship caliber football team, a team that is constantly in the mix like the Chiefs are, like the Patriots were, uh, and everything, when we go into that brand new stadium that we're going to be breaking ground on sometime soon. Okay, when we move to Arlington Heights, he wants to bring a Lombardi into that place and then maybe win one or two more. Okay, he wants to be, he wants to, still be winning in 2033. That is what he's trying to set the Bears up to do. Okay, what he just watched happen in in, in Kansas City. He watched it happen the last six years he was there. They won six straight division titles. <laughs> you know, four, they hosted four AFC championship games in a row. Now, of course, in his first year in Chicago, they did it all again. They won another division. They hosted another AFC championship game. They went to an, another Super Bowl, and they won the damn thing. So it went from six, four, and two to seven, five, and three, and then oh yeah, it went from one championship to two because they're the Super Bowl champs uh, and everything. That is what he is trying to do here in Chicago, and I respect the grind. We're going to have to be patient, and I know that we've been patient through a lot, especially since you know Jerry Angelo and Lovey got let go. That was the last like great era uh, of Bears football that we had, with you know suffering through Emery and and Pace, and John Fox, and Mark Tressman, and, you know, and Matt Nagy, and, uh, and all that kind of stuff. We've been patient, uh, especially for the stature that we hold in the league and, you know, what you would expect from an organization like that. But we might have to wait another year, I think maybe two tops, before Ryan Poles, you know, completes his vision and, and gets us to a place where we are a perennial power in the NFC where we're always part uh, of the discussion. You know, like I said, he he doesn't just want to win in twenty twenty three. He wants to still be winning in twenty thirty three. So that's I'm all about it. So anyway, real quick, let's get through these uh, through these picks. We already talked about obviously Darnell Wright, offensive tackle out of Tennessee. Love this kid, and just to kind of give you the contrast between him and Jalen Carter. Jalen Carter could not finish his pro day workout at the university. Uh, of Georgia, home field advantage, the whole nine yards. When the Bears put Darnell Wright through a private workout at Hallis Hall, 
they damn near ran this kid into the ground, or at least they tried to, and he didn't give up. He kept going. So number one, he was in the shape. Number two, he didn't quit. So I'll take I'll take fifty three Darnell Wrights over uh, over Jalen Carter any day of the week. Uh, Javon Dexter, uh, senior defensive tackle out of uh, Florida, was our second round pick, fifty three. Uh, the thing that I've heard about him because I'd never heard the name before he was called. Um, was that what they asked him to do in Florida is not what they're going to be asking him to do in Chicago. In Florida, he was more of a read and react kind of uh, defensive tackle. In our defense, they're going to, they want him to penetrate. They want him to shoot the gaps to get up and get after the quarterbacks and the linebackers come up from behind and clean up uh, where needed. It's like, I guess in Florida, they were more so, you know, more so like blockers. To, to help fend off uh, defenders getting up to the second level uh, and, and everything. So it's like the, the, the cover two, there's a lot more, you know, gap filling uh, going on uh, and every, everybody has a gap that they need to get to or get into and, and, uh, and what have you. So they're going to be asking him to square up his shoulders and, and, you know, work his way down the line of scrimmage or whatever. They want him getting upfield and, and causing havoc. And they think they have the tools he has the tools to do it. Not to mention, he is a monster. Six foot six, three hundred thirteen pounds. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward uh, to that. You know, Tyreek Stevenson. I've basically heard that uh, he, he led the ACC in flags on, uh, you know, putting a helmet on somebody. You know, we we these hard nosed aggressive guys that are number one stellar athletes across the board. Every one of these guys, and um, Zach Pickens, same thing. University of South Carolina. Another guy that could play three, could play the one uh, technique, either you know interior uh, line position. And then in the fourth round, something about the Bears picking on day three is, you know, that magic has passed from Ryan Pace to Ryan Poles because last year with our first fifth-round pick, we got our starting left tackle possibly for the next decade in, in Braxton Jones. Well, our first two picks on day three – uh, are, are two of the picks that the Bears are getting praised the most for. Outside of Darnell Wright, the picks everybody seems to like are at 115 in the fourth round. We took a running back, but it, and it wasn't, we took a running back from Texas, but obviously it wasn't B. John Robinson. It was his backup, Rashawn Johnson. And we just had our, our rookie minicamp. This guy's already turning heads. And, um, you know, he would have been a, you know, a, a, a starting running back for literally any other program in the country. Instead, he was backing up uh, Bijan Robinson, and not only was he doing that, but he was number one at an ace special teams player, and B making the most out of every advantage that he or every opportunity he had to run the football when uh, Bijan Robinson was on the sidelines, uh, kind of thing. And then the other fourth round pick, uh, a wide receiver out of Cincinnati by the name of Tyler Scott, and um, people are real excited about him. Uh, that he's like Darno Mooney with better route running kind of thing. And Darno Mooney with like a faster version uh, of Darno Mooney as well. He's he would, and it was said, uh, I forget which, uh, which network I was watching when the, when the pick was made, but it was basically saying like this kid had a habit of always being open, but he played with bad quarterbacks at Cincinnati. They couldn't get him the ball. You know they would they would over you know throw it over over the head or they would throw it too far out of bounds or you know that kind of thing. It's like he would have had you know double the touchdown production he would have had 
if he had a decent quarterback who could throw a decent deep ball. Well, who do we know that's got a hell of a deep ball? That's right, our guy, Justin Fields. He still needs to work on his short game, but you know, if we're, we're using a golf analogy, that kid can drive the football. And now we have a, a home run hitter, if you will, uh, in, in, in Tyler Scott. You get this kid open, then you know, all you got to do is get him the football, and, he'll, and Justin Fields will get it to him. He can run under it, and boom, we're off to the races. So very excited about those uh, fourth-round picks. In the fifth round, we got a, a couple of uh, a couple more defenders. We got Terrell Smith, uh, an athletic corner out of Minnesota, linebacker Noah Sewell, who was uh, the younger brother of Penny Sewell, the uh, the All Star tackle out of uh, Detroit. Who's his younger brother? Um, so um, more like a special teams guy, but also a guy that just could also possibly play defensive end for us. So maybe we drafted our pass rusher uh, in the fifth round. Uh, and then we didn't have a pick in the sixth round, seventh round, uh, Travis Bell uh, from Kennesaw State, another defensive tackle uh, for us. And then we finished it with the second to last pick in the draft, Kendall Williamson, a safety out of uh, Stanford. So uh, Ryan Poles kind of gushed over Travis Bell, um, the kind of young man that he is. And he's like, he's one of my favorite people uh, in football. <laughs> like it's quite a glowing review and hopefully he'll be able to uh, uh, make something out of being the first player drafted out of the Kennesaw State program ever. So we'll see what he can do. He's on the smaller side, only six feet uh, tall, but he's, uh, you know, he's quick and nimble. Like I said, every one of these guys, you know, stated to be an outstanding athlete and more importantly to Ryan Poles of great character uh, as well. So these are upstanding uh, young men that are not going to be like Jalen Carter and need you to forgive them for their transgressions because they're super talented. And uh, real quick, the um, the uh, undrafted free agents, the Bears ended up signing 14 uh, undrafted uh, free agents. Uh, we got a quarterback, Tyson Badgent, out of Shepard. I've never heard of that school. Uh, before we got a fullback, Robert Burns out of UConn, three wide receivers, uh, Aaron Crookshank from Rutgers, Thyric Pitts Jr. out of Delaware, Deshaun Kitchens out of Newberry, uh, a tight end, Damian Caffrey from Stony Brook, a lot of smaller schools for the UFD or UDFAs uh, this year, uh, offensive tackle Lorenz Metz from Cincinnati, um, Gabe Huey from Pittsburgh, another guard, Nicholas Amoa from UC Davis, uh, lineman Bobby Haskins from USC, linebacker Micah Bakersfield out of LSU, edge rusher Jalen Harris out of Arizona, three uh, DBs Justin Brails from Oklahoma, D- Dewan Warren from Jackson State, Macon Clark out of Tulane, and then the kicker Andre. I'm going to say Schmidt, S Z M Y T. I'm I'm I've never heard his name pronounced. I'm just going to say Schmidt. That that's the closest to what I can see there, out of Syracuse and. Immediately on like immediate returns when the list was announced, the kicker was the one that's like, yeah, he might challenge Cairo Santos for the kicking job. You know, Cairo Santos was awesome. I think he was like 20 of 20, 21 of 23 in field goal attempts last year, but he missed like five or six extra points. And, and like, like, remember he missed that extra point in the Lions game? That ended up being the deciding factor. We lost that game 31 to 30. Like, obviously, we don't know what would have happened overtime, but we never got there because he missed a goddamn kick. So, um, but they're saying that, uh, 
you know, he's got the leg, uh, you know, 50 plus yarders, uh, you know, easily and consistently and, and everything that he might actually challenge Cairo Santos for the uh, kicking job, or at least make Kairos, make Cairo earn uh, that job this year. Now the bears had also a rookie mini camp roster to fill out and they signed a bunch of kids uh, to come in. They also had a few, um, you know, veterans come in and the four people that ended up after the mini camp getting signed to a contract or at least got invited to camp. Uh, one was a tight end. John Carlson started with the um, Browns as an undrafted uh, free agent in 2019, uh, played for them for a couple of years, missed all of 2021 with an ACL. And then I don't know where he was last year. I think he was with the Browns or, or I don't know. He was in 2022. He was somewhere and obviously he's, I think he was, in and out of practice squads last year, but he came to the rookie mini camp and the bears ended up signing him. So John Carlson, a tight end, uh, Josh lug, an offensive lineman from Notre Dame, uh, ended up getting signed. De'Anthony Jones, a defensive end from Houston and another corner, Braylon Trahan from Louisiana. Those were the kids that, uh, made it past the, uh, you know, that basically succeeded in their tryout and will join the bears at least for, training camp so and you know we still have some room for and we still have the most salary cap space uh in the league so it'll be interesting to see how the bears use that you know will we use it to sign guys like uh you know Cole Komet and Darno Mooney to extensions or even Jalen Johnson uh to extensions will will we use that to Sign Yannick Ngakwe or Frank Clark or um, any any other defensive name defensive end uh, name that's still available uh, out there. Bring them in on on a one year uh, you know team friendly uh, deal to uh, you know to come in and, and and everything and to be our our you know star pass rusher uh, if you will. You know the Bears are in a spot where they have to actually have to spend a certain amount this year and. Uh, We'll see how they how they manage to uh, how they manage to do that. So I'm very interested to see how the rest of the off season is going to go. Like you know, what will will Ryan Pohl stand pat and you know maybe maybe our future pass rusher is Noah Sewell. Maybe it is Dominique Robinson or maybe the guys that we signed like Demarcus Walker. Uh, you know from the from the Titans. Maybe they will be the 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 answer there. Who knows? But. Um, you know, and maybe polls is waiting until after OTAs to make a decision on that when we see these guys, you know, mix it up a little bit. But we'll see. It's an exciting time. And we finally answered the questions, you know, what will the Bears do uh, at nine? Well, we didn't pick at nine. We traded back and let the Eagles have the guy that everybody wanted us to have at nine, took the tackle that we needed and plugged him in. And it's like, I'm loving everything I'm hearing about. Uh, darn all right. And I hope that I'm, you know, that a few years from now I can't accuse myself of drinking the Kool-Aid and that I can just say that, you know, it felt right. And here's something else that I wanted to tell you guys. Is this, you, you kind of get a feeling and you guys know how I am about my gut feelings, uh, and whatnot. And it's like, as I look down the list of, uh, of players and, and the names on this list of, of the guys that we drafted and, and, and how I think, you know, just get a feeling about, someone and just based on their name it's like just let's i mean let's play this game real quick and 
let's see if I'm right three, four years from now. Hell, if I'm right in 2023, that'd be great as well. But, you know, darn all right, I get a good vibe from him. Javon Dexter, not really. Tyreek Stevenson, not really. No. Zach Pickens, yeah. Rashawn Johnson, yes. Tyler Scott, yes. Noah Sewell, yeah. Terrell Smith, yeah. You know, it's just I get a good feeling, you know, it's just something about, you know, either what I saw when when they were, you know, regaling the picks during the uh during the draft and you know, you just and it's funny because it kind of goes in line with this silly philosophy that I have about like presidential tickets. And it, it always kind of seems to me that the the candidates' names that flow best tend to be the ones that walk away with the election. I don't, it's just, it's just an odd thing where, you know, the, where the names just kind of flow a bit better. They kind of roll off the tongue better. Those seem to be the candidates that walk away with the election. You know, it's like, uh, you know, Obama, Biden sounded better than um, McCain, Palin, Obama and Biden won the election. Biden, Harris sounded better than Trump, Pence, that's arguable, which is probably why that election was so close. But actually, it wasn't very close, but still. Uh, but, you know, like in the past, uh, you know, like in the 80s, Bush Quayle sounded better than Dukakis Benson, you know, that kind of thing. And it's just kind of kind of putting that philosophy in like knee-jerk reaction to the names on this, uh, on this list. Travis Bell, I get a good feeling about. Kendall uh, Williamson. I like that name. Sounds good. You know, will he be a quality football player? Only time will tell. Knee-jerk reaction. I think he might, you know, do something for us. We'll see. But Tyreek Stevenson, I don't know. Something that just doesn't jump out at me. Javon Dexter, not a huge fan. Zach Pickens, I like that. You know, it's something about the, you know, the way that rolls off the tongue, you kind of get a good feeling. And it's just, uh, you know, Darnell Wright, definitely. I'm all in. So, (laughs) <laughs> we'll see if that goofy ass uh, philosophy uh, gets us anywhere uh, in 2023 uh, and beyond. But uh, you know, uh, like I said, I'm I'm very I'm pleased with the way this off season has gone uh, with the additions that Ryan Poles has made. Um, I'm you know willing to stick with him and his and his vision uh, because I believe he's he's got it under control. You know, like I said, he isn't panicking and, and reaching uh, for players. He isn't, you know, overpaying just to be able to fill a need, uh, which was something that Ryan Pace was guilty of. Uh, same thing in, in being overly aggressive in, in selling off assets to, to move up and, and go get his guy, but and then do it several times in a draft. Whereas, like, we may have started with eight picks, but we finished with five because you kept trading picks away to move up and get your guy. So, you know, Ryan Poles is playing the long game here. Like I said, he doesn't just want to win in 2023. He wants to still be winning in 2033. You know, he wants to be able to, when we move into that stadium in Arlington Heights, you know that stadium is going to get a Super Bowl at some point. He wants to not only host the Super Bowl, but to play in that Super Bowl as well. He wants to have the team in position to actually do that. So, I'm on board. I'm liking what I'm seeing so far. Uh, and after the initial, you know, mini camp uh, and everything, seeing the, you know, the highlights. Now, granted, they're in shorts and T-shirts and, and whatnot, but 
seeing Justin Fields completing passes to DJ Moore is really exciting. Um, you know, that's like another year with Cole Komet and you throw Robert Tunyon in on the other side. Uh, we got a solid offensive line that actually has some depth to it. Uh, now with, uh, you know, Darnell Wright and, um, and Davis joining the, joining the fray. Um, we're either putting a former Pro Bowl center back at center in, in Cody Whitehair or Lucas Patrick is going to get past his injury issues and take over the position that he was meant to have last year uh, and all that kind of stuff. We've, you know, we've we've added talent and depth to our defensive line. Maybe it's not where we want it to be, and that's something that Ryan Poles is still working on. But uh, it's it's all better than it was last year. It is all better than it was last year. So... You know, we should be better this year. We'll see how that translates into wins and losses in 2023. I'm I'm looking forward to it. I am really excited. So, um, yeah, I think that's going to do it, guys. Uh, I will be back this uh, this weekend, either on Friday or Saturday, because uh, the schedule gets released on Thursday. So we'll have our analysis of the schedule. We know who we're playing. We know where we're playing. Thursday, they're going to tell us when we're going to be playing them. And actually, to answer one big question, there's a lot of stink on Twitter today about the Chiefs requesting the NFL not make that international game between them and the Bears in Germany. They don't want to play the Bears overseas. And I don't think it's got anything to do with fear of, of playing them in Germany. It's about losing all the money that they would <laughs> that they would make with Bear fans traveling to Chicago to see the Bears play at Arrowhead this year because we're on the road against the the Chiefs this year where we we would be going to Arrowhead. And we only make one trip every eight years uh, to any AFC uh, stadium because we're on a four-year rotation. But four years from now, the Chiefs are coming to Soldier Field or Arlington Heights. But, you know, so we won't be back in Arrowhead, you know, realistically until 2031. So, you know, that's eight years uh, from now. It's like unless, you know, it just so happens that the Chiefs are one of our same place teams. You know, they have that extra same place. You know, the the other two uh, conference teams and then the outer conference team. This year for us, it's the the last place finisher in the AFC North, which is the Cleveland Browns. So, you know, we start winning division titles and everything. That rotation is going to get us the Chiefs at some point, but... It doesn't always guarantee we're going to be an arrowhead so the Chiefs can make their money. But, uh, you know, it came out today that uh, the Chiefs don't want to play the Bears in, in Germany. They, I, I think they want to keep that one in Kansas City to make the money that they would on that well-traveling football team that comes in from Chicago every once and again. So we'll see how it all shakes out on Thursday night. And uh, I'll see if I can get the show done Thursday. If not, then I'll get it done on Friday, get it posted over the weekend. Uh, for you guys to hear my analysis of the schedule and how it breaks down and do we notice any funny patterns in the schedule and so on and so forth. So come on back for that. And until then, my name is Larry D and this has been the Bear Stalk Underground.